welcome to episode one of the Random Thoughts Podcast. I am Darren O'Neill, and it's random. I know you're not supposed to say the B, but if you're putting it into a web browser, it's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts. Uh, I've had the domain forever and ever, I mean literally almost, uh, since 2001. Uh, It was supposed to be a blog that my wife was going to start and never did, so we held on to the domain for a long time and launched a website about a year or so ago, putting some of my Amazon reviews and tech reviews and a couple other articles that I had published up there. But otherwise, it's kind of been a domain that was doing not a whole lot. So when I decided it was time to do a solo podcast uh, and to spread some of my random thoughts to you, I figured, you know what? We've got the name. I kind of dig it. Let's use this, and it just seems to work. So, and of course, we're saying most things that are going to come out of my mouth may be dumb. So I just want to get that out of the way and just let you know where we're coming from. Uh, This is going to be a random sort of show where you won't know exactly what the topic is every time. You know, it may be tech. It could be product reviewing. It could be uh, video shooting. It could be tech gadgets. Any of these kind of things are possible and... uh, Like I said, I figured it was time. I had done a bunch of podcasting in the past from uh, political podcasts, tech podcasts, just overall uh, uh, podcast with a buddy of mine, FJ Shark, and really never decided to launch anything solo because, let's be honest, podcasting is easier when you do it with somebody else. At least it's easier because you have somebody to bounce ideas off of. You don't have to go on and on and on incessantly by yourself without getting any kind of feedback from another person. So it is a completely different vibe, but that doesn't mean it's a bad vibe. It's a little bit more personal. It's a little bit more intimate now. This is just me and you. There's nobody else involved in the conversation, and we're just going to we're going to go through some things and we're going to see what comes out on the other end. I'm uh, going to give a shout out to Larry from thatlarryshow.com because uh, he w- saw one of my reviews or a few of different reviews that we did on YouTube about audio gear. And he had a question. So we emailed back and forth and we we're just, I just said, told him, Hey, I've done podcasting in the past with a buddy of mine, a different, few different people. And, you know, he said, Hey, you know what? I highly recommend trying the solo thing out. So that's what we're doing here. So thanks, Larry, for the shout of confidence. And we're trying this solo thing out. And on episode one, I have to talk to you about perspective because it's something that has been coming up in my life over and over and over again for the last couple of years and really uh, been hitting home as of late. And I've been giving a lot of thought to perspective. So you ask, what is perspective? Well, it's one of those things, you know, those When you look at one of those drawings where you see either a young girl or the old witch, I mean, it's a perspective. Uh, One of the things that's been going on lately on the internet was an audio clip. You hear Laurel or Yanni, you know, it's a, it's, it's your perspective, how you see things in the world that maybe are totally different than how your fellow man sees them. And perspective is an important thing because it shapes your world. I don't care what side of the political aisle you are on right now. The media is covering the president of the United States with 97% negative news. That is a perspective. Nobody in the world, I don't believe, is 97% bad. So you have to ask yourself, how is perspective coloring your life? How are you seeing things differently 
because of things people tell you, things you've heard, rumors going on on the internet, how, what you saw on Facebook, how things are trending on Twitter. All of these things affect your perspective. Now, recently, a relative passed away. So my mom and myself, we've been working on getting her house ready to be sold. The house went up for sale. And once the house went up for sale on a Thursday, Friday morning, the first uh, things started coming in as far as these, these were after the first showing. So the first few people that went through, the house was listed at $299,000. The first few people that went through that gave feedback came through that the house was overpriced, uh, needed a lot of work. Uh, there was no way, you know, there were you know cracks in the basement. There were some other things that needed to be done, which when we talked to our realtor about this, he suggested the $299 price as an as-is price. This wasn't price thinking that this was the best house on the market, that it was totally finished, that you were going to be able to walk in and have the house of your dreams immediately. So we felt we had priced it correctly based upon what our realtor suggested. Now, the first two, three things that came back from people that saw the house were all very negative. They were that there was a lot of work to be done, like I said, that the house was overpriced, that it wasn't worth what we were asking. Now, why this is important when it comes to perspective is that was on Friday, and by Monday, we had three offers on the house, one of which was for over what we were asking and two which was for what the asking price was. So perspective is very important here. The people that came in and looked at it, and what was interesting to me is I understand home buyers. It's kind of like me going out trying to buy a car or trying to buy things that you have really, you're not sure about, which is why you go to an expert. Usually people have a realtor that helps them go and find the right house for them to let them know what the value should be they're the professionals. They're the people that you're supposed to trust. So the interesting thing to me was the feedback from these people was not what put it was not put through by them. It was put through by their realtors. And the survey question even said it wasn't what did the people you were showing the house feel about this property, but what do you and the people you were showing these this house to feel about the property? So these realtors, I have to wonder how good they are at their job, or how they really understand the dynamics of the local real estate market when three different realtors on day one claimed that the house was overpriced, when nobody would ever pay that for it, and four days later, there's a contract on the house for over what the house was listed at. Can you trust those realtors? You know, I really have to question that at this point, because I can understand saying, hey, we don't want to do the work. You know, we don't want to have to rip out the floors. We don't want to have to redo the kitchen. There are things that need to be updating, but it was priced for that. So we think the proper response from the people that saw the house wasn't necessarily that it wasn't worth the price. It was that they didn't want to do the work. But what that came out with was, yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth the price. In that perspective is important. People have different perspectives. So it's, it's wild to me to see them be that, that swing, that great, going from people coming in, seeing that price going no way in hell to having an offer in hand 
just a couple of days after the house was listed. Perspective is very important. Who's right? Well, in this case, I guess your perspective has proved wrong because like all things, whether it's collectibles, whether it's uh, uh, anything that you're buying and selling, the price is set by what people will pay for it. You know, that baseball card that you think is worth a million dollars, if the most somebody's going to pay for it is 20 bucks, then it's worth 20 bucks. What you think it's worth is irrelevant. What somebody will actually pay for it, that is a completely different story. Now, perspective comes into into play in a lot of different times, a lot of different places. Uh, a couple, about a year and a half ago, I started having problems with my right eye, had multiple retinal detachments, was face down for uh, more weeks than I would like to count for about seven weeks in total. And, uh, you know, I was feeling sorry for myself. I still don't have much vision at all in that eye. I can still see, you know, light. I can still see color. But overall, there's not a whole lot of vision in the eye. We're hoping at some point that uh, they'll find a way to fix that, which they're doing some absolutely great things right now with uh, things like macular degeneration and that. But that will be a different topic for a completely different day. The point is, my perspective in the middle of this, of all of this going on, you're having to stay face down, like I said, pretty much every waking and sleeping hour of your day, which is not easy. It's something that uh, is quite depressing. It pretty much cuts you off from everybody that's uh, around you because well, you can talk to them, but you're not looking at them. You're looking straight down at the ground. You can use mirrors and all these other things, but all that's really a pain in the ass and the whole situation is not fun. So if you know anybody that has to go through that, and it happens to a lot of people that have the retinal detachments, that's part of the recovery is being face down for a, uh, usually at least two weeks. If you know somebody that's going through that, reach out to them, make sure you keep them talking, make sure you keep them engaged because it really is a, it really is a situation that is very, uh, it's scary. You know, it's depressing. You realize, you know, your vision, you don't think too much about it, even if you have bad eyes like I do, because, you know, glasses correct it. You know, you can still see, you can do your you know work, you can read a uh, book, you can look at the TV, you can work on your computer, all these things that when you realize that you may be losing vision in one eye, you realize that could happen in both. And it's not a fun thought. So, you know, knock on wood, keeping one eye good, you can still go, everybody tells you, hey, you can live a perfectly normal life with one eye. And that's absolutely true. And the perspective here is not only that having one eye is better than two. This isn't, this isn't a concept where I'm coming at you with, it's a glass half full kind of a thing. Uh, what happened to me while in the middle of going through this ordeal was getting uh, a couple messages on my phone at about six o'clock in the morning, which nobody ever calls me at six o'clock in the morning. And I woke up, heard the phone going off, listened to the voicemails that were left. And it was a very good friend's wife letting me know that my buddy Tom had passed away. And talk about perspective bomb. There I was going through a situation which, granted, is depressing, which, granted, was no fun at all, dealing with multiple eye surgeries, dealing with 
living face down, which you even have to sleep face down. That's that is probably the worst part about the whole thing. Imagine one of those tables like you would go for a massage. You have a little device like that. I laid on the floor. You can put it on a bed, but it didn't wasn't really comfortable for me. Uh, so basically sleeping on the floor, face down, you know, arms either at your side or whatever, your face in that little donut, doing this for weeks on end, being depressed, being pissed off, being scared that, you know, hey, maybe you're going to have this, you know, the other eye, hoping that doesn't happen with that eye. And you're, you're so self-involved with it, and rightfully so. It's it's a major life-changing event. So, you know, I'm not blaming myself for being, you know, a little bit self-absorbed at that particular moment. But I can tell you, upon hearing the news that my buddy Tom had passed away, priorities changed. And... I'm not saying it's a good thing, and I'm not saying it's a silver lining. I'm not saying that that helped me through this, uh, even though it probably did in a, in a way that uh, I didn't understand at the time and maybe still don't. But it comes down to the fact that your perspective can change on a dime about what you feel about something, about how you feel about the world that is going on around you. And that news, you know, completely struck home and made me not completely jump out of the doldrums because uh, that's hard to do, but it, it changed things and it, it gave me a much more positive attitude because people always say, how many times have you heard in your life something happens to you and people always go, could be worse? Well, hell yeah, it could always be worse. I mean, you could be dead and then this is the case where that hit me square on in the face that, you know, things could be worse. Be happy for what you have. Live every day like it's your life. You know, that all those things that are very cliche all of a sudden come into focus and become very clear. And it's, you know, I can't be one of these people that is positive all the time, but I can tell you I've been more positive since then. It's perspective. It absolutely can rock your world. It can change the way you think. And uh, by the way, I should have mentioned this at the beginning. The music that I'm using at the beginning of the show here uh, is my buddy Tom, who was a great guitarist. He, he didn't play for years and years. And uh, that's really where we got to know each other was uh, we met at the White Sox games, which, you know, it's if you want to talk about perspective and depression, be a White Sox fan right about now. Uh, but we met at the White Sox games, had season tickets right where my parents did. And we start talking about music. And he was a you know a little bit older. He was in his 60s. I'm in my 40s. Uh, but we start talking music. And, you know, the more we would talk about music, he'd kind of give me that look like, okay, maybe you're not a complete idiot. You know, maybe you're not one of these guys that just likes Taylor Swift, which I do. But I like, you know, Sinatra. And I like, you know, Springsteen and Tom Petty and uh, a whole clue of other types of music. I like a little bit of just about everything. So, you know, once he kind of realized that I knew my stuff, you know, we start talking music a little more. And he, he told me the one day, he's like, you know what? I, I told him I had a recording studio in my basement, which a recording studio is the podcasting rig, right? Which is basically mixing board, laptop, and a couple other nice microphones that would do a great job of recording guitar. And actually the, the microphone that I'm using for the podcast right here actually recorded all the electric guitars and a lot of the stuff that you're hearing on the uh, the little intro there. So, you know, we're kind of bringing that full circle. 
But, you know, the the fact that he did come out and we spent a lot of time in the basement recording music, uh, playing around with different things to get the right sound, we got really, really close. And it was one of those things. Every time that he would leave after being here for a day of recording, he would tell me that I made an old guy happy. And, you know, you hear that from people and you go, okay, yeah, sure. But in this case, one, I believe he was being perfectly honest because that's just the type of guy he was. And you can tell, he we call him grumpy around the ballpark because that was the uh, the kind of personality that, that he had. You know, imagine the, the two old guys in the Muppets that are always, you know, yelling down and, and complaining. Well, that's how he was at the ballpark, especially when things weren't going well. But once he had a guitar in his hand and he was playing music, it was he was a completely different guy. It was all joy. Even if he had to do a cut 20 times to get it right, it was joy. Joy in you know doing what you wanted to do. And that's another great takeaway from all of this is, you know, follow your bliss sounds like a bunch of bull crap. It sounds like just another cliche, but there is definitely a uh, there is a lot to it. But he would always say, you know, hey, you're making an old man happy. I appreciate this. And every time I would follow with a retort that was almost the word for word, same kind of a thing, which was, you know, Tom, you know, you got a lot of time left. You still have a lot of time to make music. You're only in your 60s, which in this day and age doesn't seem old anymore. It doesn't seem like it's it's that old. It doesn't seem like you're, you know, you're not at death's door or anything. So it was a shock to get the call to hear that he passed away. And it was something that changed my life in both the bad because I lost a really good friend, but in a way it did change my life for the good because it was it was at one of the hardest times that I had ever been going through in my life. And the new the perspective, it changed. Because how do you feel so bad about yourself when one of your good friends just died? You realize that things are not always the way you're looking at them. You know, you're looking at something, you're maybe seeing, you know, again, you're not seeing the forest for the trees, right? You're seeing your situation. You're not putting it into a greater perspective. And it's these kind of things that can help. So, you know, you got to look at things in as many different ways as you can. That's what the great thinkers of our time have always done. They didn't go and take what they heard from somebody else and just repeat it. They built upon things they brought things, you know, new innovations and all of that. So perspective to me is a very important thing. And it happens even on Twitter and on social media. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Mr. Oh, what would you want to call him? Mr. Marketing Maven, right? This is the guy that uh, started out working at his parents' wine store in New Jersey, built that into Wine Library, which is a huge company, and then he started Vayner Media, which is now a marketing company representing some of the top, you know, 100 companies in the world. So you want to talk about a story of perspective. His family came from Belarus, and now he's, you know, on top of the heap, if we can use a Sinatraism, with a, uh, a huge marketing company in New York City and beyond. Well, he came out with a couple different pairs of shoes with uh, the brand K-Swiss, and this was a few months ago. And I'm a big guy. I wear a size 15 shoe, and I was pissed that the shoes only came up to a, a size 13. 
So I was uh, uh, tweeting and tweeting and, of course, didn't get an answer from him. And that pissed me off because he used to be the guy that would answer everybody about everything. But I understand perspective now and I understand your priorities change and all that. The guy from K-Swiss, the CEO, Barney, finally responded and said, hey, the next bunch of shoes he's releasing, you know, number three will have up to a size 15. So, of course, when those were just released like a week or so ago, and I went to the K-Swiss site and saw every site lit up except for 14 and 15, I'm like, hey, 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 wait a minute. What the hell just happened here? And so I'm like, I tweeted and, of course, didn't get a response from Gary again but did get a response from Barney at K-Swiss who said, well, they just sold out of the big sizes. Now, I don't necessarily believe that, but you know what? I'm willing to go along with that. Um, no other sizes sold out, but just the guys with the 14 or 15 on a pre-sale selling out. How does the pre-sale sell out? I don't know. You'd have to ask the nice folks over at K-Swiss. He uh, gave me a link to another site that was carrying the shoes. They only went up to a 14, almost nothing on K-Swiss's website. I went to just go look for any shoes. I'm like, you know what? I need new shoes anyway. The CEO, at least he's answering me. He's being engaged. I'm like, let me see what they have in a size 15. I go to the K-Swiss website. I go to the thing to like choose a shoe. It only goes up to size 14. So there's, we're going to see. We're going to see if these shoes actually come out in a size 15 as they promised, or if this is just a load of bull crap. Now, the thing here again is perspective. I'm a, what I believe is an important customer, even though, I mean, we all know one customer is, is nothing. Although a lot of customers put together, then you could really be hurting your business. But you know, I having worked retail I can tell you the customer is always right slogan is a bunch of horse hockey. Not true at all. The customer is quite often wrong. So as a customer, I understand I could be wrong, but my perspective is I want to be the most important customer in your world. And that doesn't happen. And then you get your feelings hurt and you get a little bit pissed off. But again, with all this said, my perspective on this thing was, damn, why didn't the first shoes have my size? I'm pissed. CEO says, hey, the next run will have your size. That comes out a few months later, and I'm still not seeing my size available for purchase. Again, I'm pissed. My viewpoint on it is, you know, hey, they lied to me. This really isn't going to happen. What a bunch of jerks for, uh, you know, for stringing me along. And I'm sure the perspective from uh, Gary or Barney, the CEO of K-Swiss, was, wow, this guy is just an out-of-control idiot. And maybe that's true. I'm not going to tell them that's not necessarily possible. So you got to look at perspective. Everything in your life has a perspective to it. I don't care what it is you're discussing, what it is you're looking at. It's very rare when things can be completely black and white. Now, again, when it comes to the situation of selling the house, realtors, the first three telling us the price you're asking is nuts does seem to be a little bit negated by getting three offers at that price or above within four days. But usually things aren't that simple. Usually things are a little bit more gray and your perspective is questionable at times. So 
always understand everything that you're seeing, you're coloring through your perspective. You're coloring it, whether it's, you know, who your favorite team is, what religion you are. You know, it's all about what you've grown up with, what your parents have instilled in you, what your friends have instilled in you. And all of these things color your perspective. Why do we have such a problem in this country right now? It's interesting. Uh, as somebody that's followed politics pretty much uh, most of my life, so we're going back maybe 30 years, I can tell you it seems, and no, it doesn't seem, I can tell you that the political climate is more violent and more hateful than it has been in 30 years. And why is that? It's again coming down to perspective. And I blame a lot of this on the ability to have immediate communications on the internet, on Facebook and Twitter and all that. And for people just to be throwing out these kind of hateful statements, it used to be that politicians fought every four years to get elected or every six years, depending on what office you held. But then when everything all settled down, they got together and they actually worked together and they compromised. And it was not a case of us against them. Politics right now is kind of like one party's the Red Sox and one party's the Yankees. And there's no, there's no meeting in the middle with these two sides. And that screws all of us. That screws all of us when our politicians don't want to work together. But this, again, is a perspective problem that you want to worry about the country. You don't want to worry about your party's ego. You don't want to worry about, oh, I was the one that came up with this great idea. It's all about perspective. And if you are pissed off about the way things are going on in this country right now, if you hate Donald Trump, ask yourself why you hate Donald Trump. Do you really think He's the bad guy people are making him out to be. Have you done your own homework? Have you looked into what the reality of the situation is? Do you understand that people on the internet lie? Perspective. One thing, and I know a lot of people hate this guy. I know he is a polarizing force, and he's a guy that I used to listen to years ago almost all the time and now just occasionally because, you know what, even I think at times he has jumped the shark. But Glenn Beck is, is a guy that one thing that I will always remember from the, the times that I have listened and the times that I have watched, whether you like Glenn Beck or you hate him, and you're probably one or the other, he's kind of a guy like Donald Trump. You're going to love him or you're going to hate him. One thing Glenn Beck always made a clear point of that has always stuck in my head was on way more than a few occasions said, don't believe me. Do your own homework. And that stuck with me. I thought it was a little weird because most people that want to give you their opinion want you to be like, hey, hey, I'm right. I'm talking to you. I'm telling you this is the truth. Believe me. So when somebody stands up and instead of going that route says, hey, you know what? Do your own homework. Don't trust what I'm telling you. Find the sources. Look it up. Don't believe what any one person says. Search for the truth yourself. And I believe that's something that we are in dire need of at this point in this country and in this world. Besides looking for the truth, you need to understand your perspective. 
Was the house really too expensive or was it priced just right? I mean, I can make the case that it was priced too low because we got an offer over the asking price within four days. Was I the jerk customer or was I just somebody that was trying to get a question answered that wasn't getting it and was getting it frustrated? Perspective. So look at the perspective in your daily lives. Think about the decisions that you make, the people that you like, the people that you don't like, why you're pissed off at somebody, why you're happy with somebody, and figure out exactly why that is. And ask yourself if sometimes maybe you're not overreacting, if sometimes you're not using a perspective that isn't a healthy one, or you're holding something against somebody because you didn't like something else they did, so now you're not going to believe what they're telling you. It's an important thing, and uh, you don't realize how important it is until you're laying face down for seven weeks, being depressed about your situation, and one of your good friends passes away. It totally makes things not necessarily better, but it kind of, and this, I guess, is a very bad pun, it opens up your eyes, I mean, at least maybe one for me, and uh, helps you see things in a little bit of a different way. So this is episode one. We hope you liked what you got here. I don't know what episode two is going to be about because it's a random thought podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. And as we go along, maybe we'll need a Twitter specifically for this podcast. Not really sure if we do or not. If you like this, do what you can to promote the show like it on iTunes or wherever you're getting your podcasts from, uh, tell a friend about it, reach out, say hello, let me know what you think. Even if you thought the show sucked, I'd love to hear it. My name is Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.